Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. Really weird thing Fitz does. And uh, he actually gets me excited to hear me. Like, I don't even know how that works. But like, I'm like, yeah, this dude's going to be good. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that dude's me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, Fitz, thank you uh, very much for the introduction. Uh, man, I love it. Uh, Aiky Blakey, I, I really don't know how I feel about that 100%, but uh, I roll with it. I'm pretty sure after Fitz gives you a name, there's really nothing you could do about it. There's not like a commission board or anything. There's not like a board of appeals. Like, I mean, I think that's just who you are. Uh, but then the more I think about where, where it comes from, uh, man, Billy Ray Cyrus, think about that dude. Uh, that guy was a one-hit wonder in like two different genres. Like he took country in two different directions. Uh, like what, what is that? A way, I mean, you got two different, you were a one-hit wonder in two different decades. And in the middle of it, you, you were Hannah Montana's dad. Like, I mean, I don't even know how that, that functions, but like uh, mad respects for Billy Ray, man. Like, uh, love it. Um, well, okay, my wife uh, and I, if you guys haven't had a chance to meet me, uh, we are addiction recovery pastors, uh, New Life Church, but we are also the directors of M18 Recovery. Um, M18, what it is, is it is a men's recovery facility uh, in, uh, for, for people overcoming addiction. Um, in in one, one day, it will be a women's facility as well. Uh, in Jesus' name, uh, we, we feel like that uh, both my wife and I are called to help pastor people that are in addiction. Um, we know it all too well. Uh, we, had, we had the mentality whenever we first um, were, were pastors that we were supposed to, you know, beat our addiction uh, and then become big people pastors. <laughs> and, uh, and so we planted a church in Mayflower, uh, but just somewhere along the way, you know, where God just kept uh, revealing to us that, like, that's not what I called you to do. Like, I mean, it, it's cool, but, like, God uh, has called us to utilize our past in order to to help people overcome the same stuff that he brought us out of. Um, and I think uh, there, there was a little bit of pride factored into that. Uh, I, I think that there, there was a little bit of pride where I, I thought, you know, uh, that we, we can do this. We got this. I didn't really want to just, you know, wear it on my sleeve 100% that, that, that I'm an addict. Like the, the only thing in my life that I've ever truly accomplished was not doing drugs and alcohol. You're like, woo, you know what I mean? Like, go get them, champ. <laughs> uh, try not to do meth on your way out, you know, like. I, uh, I I felt like that it was just it was it was a weird like skill set, but uh, but here's the thing, um, whatever it is that, that God has brought you through, um, it, he he wants to use that. Uh, so, that, so that you can help other people. Like he doesn't call us out of stuff uh, so that we can just sit on it, you know, and, and like just act like it never happened. Like he, he wants to actively uh, cultivate that inside of you so that you can help other people. And, uh, you know, they say God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes an experience. Uh, and in fact, he, he's equipping us to, to do something and to take that to the masses. Everything that we do, it's, 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 it's called to build up the church. It's called to build up the people that are around us. And so we don't just want to set on those things. Uh, we we, we want to actively help other people. Uh, but there's no better way, really. Um, I tried to filibuster just a little bit, see if my wife was going to step in, uh, because we have a special treat for you guys. Uh, there's nothing more exciting uh, for me than uh, whenever we get to graduate somebody from M18. Uh, and today we are going to do just that. So Blake, where are you at, buddy? Well, come on up, man. Act like you've never, never seen this before, or have you not? <laughs> I got a little feedback in the mic. Is there anything we can do about that? Like, do I need to stand on my head or? Yeah. I'll pull it up a little more. Yeah. I'm just going to act. Yeah. 
So come on, come on over here, buddy. Yeah, I don't know why, but uh, I'll just, uh, just move you over here, man. So, so I'm going to tell you right now, this guy right here, everybody's favorite little brother, uh, he, he is such a phenomenal young man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to tell on you a little bit. So uh, how many rehabs have you been to? This is my 15th. How old are you? 27. How many times you died? 14. Yeah. So like... Look at him one more time. Like, don't look at the good-looking kid that just walked up here. Like, look at the gentleman that has died, overdosed, 14 times, been to multiple treatment facilities. He, he's, he's almost died, he, like, once every other year of his life, like, if you, if you were to even it out. Uh, and he's also lost a twin brother uh, to overdose. And so don't tell me that God doesn't have a plan for this young man's life, that he has been saved that many times. And so today, it is my honor, man. I love you so stinking much, and I am so proud of what God is doing, has done, and will continue to do in your life. That it is my privilege to present you this diploma, and you are officially a graduate of M18. Can we give it up for Blake? Can you guys join me uh, and just reach your hand out, uh, and we'll just, we'll just pray for, for Blake. So, Heavenly Father, God, uh, we just thank you so much for what you've done uh, in Blake's life, Lord. Uh, we just ask that you will continue to bless him, God, continue to lead him, to guide him, uh, to just give him the ministry, Lord, uh, that you've called him to do, God. We ask for you to put people in his path, Lord, uh, so that he can continue to help them, so that he can feel uh, how useful he is for your kingdom, God. Keep him connected, Lord. Keep him busy. Uh, we ask that you will just allow him to be blessed with numerous amounts of relationships in his life, Lord, uh, and that he can have people that he can walk alongside with. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, man. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We, uh, we're actually, uh, give, give, I want you guys to, to applaud one more time. We're, 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 we, got, we got Blake coming today, plus we got three people that we're interviewing. Uh, so... That's, uh, that's how God works, you know. Uh, well, one person goes through the program, and then we got other people coming in. Uh, we're super excited. Uh, today, we, we've got some people that have been coming to our church off and on for a while. We're, we're taking one of them as a resident of M18. Uh, the wife has decided to go to the Harbor Home in Conway, so we're getting her plugged in. Ashley's interviewing somebody right now in an office. we got two M18 guys that are at the airport picking up a guy that's coming in from Baton Rouge. That is what your church is doing. We are actively seeking the lost so that we can turn them into disciples for Christ. And I mean, I, you guys should just be so proud of that. So whenever you guys hear us talk about at the end, giving and things like that, uh, just know that it's just not going into Fitz's pocket. Like, I mean, that it, it's not a, Fitz sitting up here, you know, in the offering box, you know, just put, putting in his pocket after service. Uh, well, we're actively using the funds that are coming in to do ministry uh, and, to, and to help people and to ch save the loss. So uh, we love that. So it's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I'm glad to see you guys here. Uh, it means one of two things. You either love the Lord or don't have a boat. Uh, I'm not really sure which one it is. Maybe a combination of both. Uh, but uh, we're glad you're here anyway. Uh, what, what Fitz was saying earlier was uh, th this year, uh, I, I don't know, I guess uh, I, I'm self-promoting uh, at times, especially within my family. Uh, and, and so I, I told Ashley the other day, I said, I wish we could get some wrapping paper that says you're a good dad. And then what I could do is I would just wrap presents for the family in it. And then I would, Ashley's like, who are you? Like, wh why do you think that's okay? Uh, but this, this year, uh, tooting my own horn, I got uh, season passes to Magic Springs. Uh, so Memorial Day, what that means is Magic Springs is open and the pools are going to be open as well. And so I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. But it's a redemption story as well, uh, because last year I bought Magic, or uh, Wild River Country Passes. 
So I don't know if you guys know the story or how that turned out, but uh, it, it was a double whammy. Apparently, I was going to die in a tragic water slide incident, so God thwarted my plans for that uh, because not only did COVID happen, but the dadgum place went out of business. And so here I am, disgruntled as all get out. If y'all see a New Life Church pastor on TV stealing an inner tube and getting arrested, it's mine. Like, I feel like I should get something out of the deal. I mean, two season passes, like the least they could do is let me ride a slide once. I don't know, no bitterness at all. I'm just uh, not, not, not discontent even a little bit. But uh, we, uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, one thing I want to let you guys know about myself, uh, is like Fitz said, uh, my background, it does come from addiction and addiction recovery. Um, I have literally rededicated my life three different times in three different New Life Church buildings over a span of eight years before I finally got arrested. And it wasn't until that the handcuffs were put on me that I really dedicated my life to Christ. Like, just, just let that sink in, man. Like, like just, it was a span of me trying to, trying to get right, like trying to wanting it, desperately wanting it, knowing the answer, like, like coming to church. Like, and and I, 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 what I say is that I would go to church, but with, with me, I partied a lot. And so if I wouldn't eat like ecstasy or something like the night that I was out, like then I could, you know, just, just drink a little bit, you know, and then I would go and then I would try to wake up and go to church. And, uh, and as long as I wasn't, you know, at, at the after party the night before, because lo and behold, that, that was typically how my life went. But uh, what, what, what the thing is, is people, they, they approach me, they talk to me, like they were kind to me, like they exchanged numbers, like they called me back, like everybody at church did everything right. But it was me. Like I, I had something that was inside of me, like that, that was just it was bondage. Like it, it, it wouldn't let go. It, it was something that that I just didn't think I could ever fit in. I didn't think that I was good enough. Like I thought I had to clean myself up before that I ever come to know Christ. Like I didn't think that people would accept me the way that I was. Like I, I didn't think that anybody would ever have anything in common with me. I didn't think that you could have fun simultaneously while being a Christian. Like I just didn't think that the two like existed together. And so it, it always kept me from taking the next step forward. Uh, but one thing I want to let you know is our lead pastor, Pastor Rick Bazette, actually met me in rehab. So you either have to really, really have some serious concerns or really, really believe in a man who's willing to find somebody in rehab and allow them to plan a church. Can I get an amen to that? Uh, but our pastor, Rick, man, he is phenomenal. And uh, God called out of that lifestyle and, uh, and decided, you know, that this is going to be something different. But one thing that I want all of you to know is no matter where you're at in here today, whether you just walked in on, off the streets, whether this is your, you know, going to be your third time to rededicate, uh, no matter what's happening in your life, you do have a pastoral staff that understands. Uh, crazy as this sounds, uh, Bronson openly talks about his addiction. Uh, Chris O's never really done drugs. <laughs> Like, I don't know, that just blew my mind. Like, I, like, for some reason, I was like, Chris, bro, I was like, out of all the people that I've ever met, like, I thought you were a pothead. Like, like you know, like, Ryan, come on, man. Like, give me an amen if you believe that. But like, he, I, and I've even told him, like, Chris and I are close, and I'm like, bro, you don't have to lie to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I openly talk about smoking crack cocaine on the stage. Like, I'm not gonna kick you out, you know, the church. But uh, nah, dude, that brother's been sober his whole life, and I just still can't get, get, get over it, man. I made him an honorary recovering drug addict, you know? <laughs> Uh, he, he is such a great guy. Like, I, I don't, anyway, that, all that's for free. Uh, but uh, b bottom line is like, I want you guys to know uh, that whether or not that you are in bondage or whether or not that you are free, God has a plan for you. But if you, you have this bondage in your life, God also wants to remove it from you. 
Like God wants you to walk out of it. It says that he's been given us freedom for freedom. Like, like that's it. Like he wants us to be free. Uh, but there's these sins in our life, these patterns that we all have uh, that sometimes can be hard to kick. Can I get an amen on that? Like, I mean, even after you've been saved, like that, that's not the end of it. Guess what? Uh, now you're really just at the beginning. And so we have to walk through this process in which that we play this almost cosmic game of whack-a-mole uh, in which that we'll get one sin beat and then another one pops up right behind it. And we're like, holy cow, like I am really jacked up. Uh, and, and so I know that's happened in my life, and I can't be the only one that this is actually happening to, but I know one thing, that we get it and we understand. Paul also understands. He writes in the Bible in Romans chapter 7, he says, The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. Think about that. I don't really understand myself for what I want to do is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Whenever you think of slave, like slave to sin, like what's the image that comes to your mind? I have two, uh, honestly, that, that really pop in there almost simultaneously. I think about the movie Ten Commandments, uh, where the Charlton Heston Moses and, uh, and you see the Israelites and, and they're, they're getting whipped by the Egyptians. Uh, and then I have another scene that pops into my mind, and it's the classic scene from Roots, uh, where, where Kunta Kinte is being ruthlessly beaten by a slave master. Uh, but in both of those, both of those, the master is whipping the slave. That's what sin's doing to a lot of us. Like we're a slave to sin. And that's what Paul said. He's a slave to sin. And so whenever we allow sin in our life and whenever we continue to to just nurture that sin in our life, that's what it's doing. It, It is the master and it is relentlessly beating us. And I think a lot of us can feel the effects of that if we're completely honest with ourselves. Like, I, I think that some people, that it gets way worse because the sin that they deal with, it actually cripples them. Uh, like, there's a huge difference between someone addicted to heroin and someone addicted to pornography and someone addicted to, you know, gossip. Like, they don't manifest in the exact same ways. Uh, but nevertheless, internally, it's the same. Like, it's the same struggle. It's that, that feeling of hopelessness, that, that depression that comes along with it. Like, it, it can actually make us even doubt God. Like, I mean, you're like, I've prayed so many times for this to go away and it won't stop. Like, you know, and then you start doubting God. Like, you're like, well, do you even have the power to deliver this? Why won't you deliver me from this? And so we have this habitual sin in our life. And, uh, and it's where that, you know, that we're the slave and it's the master. Uh, think about addiction, shopping, gossip. Like, I, I think about gossip oftentimes. People kind of undersell it. But when in all reality, uh, one of the things that God hates is people that so discord. And so, I mean, like, think about the, the stuff that you're saying to individuals, the, the, the drama fest, the, you know, the, the filling the atmosphere with, with lies of, of other people. And I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's tragic. I mean, but, but you get addicted to it. Like you like the attention, like you like the thrill of having the, the juicy word on the street or whatever it is. And I, and I always think about the story. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to say it. <clears throat> no, I'm not going to say it. No, no, you know what she was wearing the other day? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I guarantee you that she knew what she was doing whenever she walked into that room. You know who she's talking to? Yeah, I don't even think that's her husband. You know, and, and, and it's like, you, you just jump into this little gossip station and, uh, and, and it's just as detrimental or damaging as, as a lot of other things, but it actually caused trouble to the whole body. But we're all slaves to something. Uh, you think about a slave, it's ruled by something other than itself. Like it actually doesn't have power or control over it. Uh, we're in complete and total bondage. Um, I will give you guys a little pro tip. Uh, do not Google ways you can be in bondage. <laughs> like, it's not going to pop up what you think it might. Uh, it, it, uh, it's just not. Uh, I, it, it's, 
Anyway, y'all guys, if you see somebody not laugh, and explain to them later what I'm talking about. Uh, but, but I think something that keeps a lot of us in bondage that we might not even recognize as an actual sin, um, materialism. Like, do we prefer like what God has for us and what God wants for us, or, or do we prefer seeking comfort in life? I mean, there's nothing wrong with comfort, but I, I just always think about how that, you know, we work so many hours, like that we don't even have time to, to have relationships with other people anymore. And, and I mean, that's got, not God's will. 59 times in the Bible, it uses this phrase, one another. One another. Think about the stuff we argue about that it talks about way less than that. 59 times. We're communal beings, but, but yet we spend all this time working to, to acquire all this stuff. Like, I'm not talking about, like, getting by. I'm talking about we, we work to acquire more stuff than we actually could ever possibly need. Uh, M18, man, like, we, we are truly blessed. We, we serve as city serve, but just over the course of time, man, like, you just end up with so much stuff that almost buries you, like, alive. You're just like, oh, my gosh, they're going to call DHS, and we're going to be on an episode of Hoarders. Like, it, it, it's just stuff. It just, it completely, it'll overtake your life. And I think a lot of us have experienced that at some point in time. But uh, I, I wrote down on here, I said, I think having too much can actually keep us from feeling like we have enough. It's like the more that we have, the more that we want, the more that we strive for things, but it can keep us in bondage. Um, there's been times like that I've felt way closer to God and way more content when I had way less. Like, I was at John 3.16 for two and a half years, and my net worth comprised mostly of John 3.16 t-shirts. Like, three trash bags full, don't get me wrong, it was a lot of t-shirts. But nevertheless, uh, I wanted for nothing. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't want anything. Like, I was perfectly content. Just, just it was like almost like Acts in the early church, where just everyone had enough. No one had more than they needed. Everyone had everything they needed. Uh, nobody was looking at one another, comparing. Like, nobody was, you know, comparing their vacations, or nobody was, you know, looking at who's got the biggest house, or nobody was looking at who drives the nicest cars. Like, I mean, we were all walking. Walking, you know, it was, uh, it, it, but it was nice. Like it, it just lets you know uh, how much stuff that we put emphasis on a society that doesn't really matter because whatever you can have that type of contentment and have nothing other than the necessities, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, but whenever we get put in bondage, uh, it, it, it's, we, ha we have to learn how to break free. Like we have to learn how to, to get away from all of the sin that's in our life. And, and what do we do? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Okay, so when I'm talking about sin, like I'm talking about like habitual sin, I'm not talking about accidentally, occasionally dropping like an F-bomb or, you know, maybe even throwing one at someone's head. Like I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. The funniest thing ever, my wife, super sweet lady, um, the first time that her mother ever come down to visit us as a married couple, um, we got in a little bickerment and, uh, and, and I, I, here's what I said as a new husband. I said, well, sweet pea, I said, you know, I said, I understand, and uh, we're just not going to agree on this one. I said, so what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to claim dominion in the situation, uh, and, and then let's just move forward. Anybody who's married, like, it, it didn't really go over very well, you know? And, and so I thought it was done at the time. I don't know why. I guess I was ignorant. Uh, and so uh, anyway, we, we, we go to bed, and about that time, uh, she, she throws a haymaker. It calls me an a-hole. And uh, that story really doesn't fit anywhere other than the fact I want to let you guys know that we're not perfect either, man. So whatever you're going through, uh, my wife punched me and called me an a-hole. So take that. <laughs> 
But, but sometimes, you know, we, we can really doubt God whenever we get these sins that have bound us up, these sins that we can't kick, these things that we can't control. And uh, in Romans 7, you read, uh, whenever Paul is he's writing, I mean, you can hear the angst in his voice. Like, I mean, he's just like, he talks about things that he wants to do, but he can't, like he just can't quite achieve it. Like no matter where he sets himself, like he tries to do it, but like he just can't overcome it. Uh, and then he ends and he brings it to a head where in Romans 7, 24, he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Okay, the crazy thing is the Romans, they were really stinking good at killing people. Uh, it was like something they pride them, themselves on. It was torture. And uh, one of the tortures that they had was if someone were to kill someone, uh, they would actually strap the dead body to the murderer. Uh, and no one was allowed to remove it for penalty of death. Well, I don't know if you know anything about death or decay or anything like that, but what would happen was the dead body over time would rot, and that rot would actually transfer itself into the individual that killed them, and that would be the way that they died. And so what Paul is saying is he's saying, I have crucified myself. I am dead to the flesh, but I still feel like that I have got a dead body strapped to my back. And he poses a really good question. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Well, then in Romans 7, 25, he didn't leave us hanging at all. He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Like Jesus come to earth, lived a perfect life and died a brutal death so that we can have everlasting life. Like you see, God, he wants us out of the same sin that we want ourselves out of. Like these things that are holding us down, these things that are tied to us, this body of death that's strapped to us, these things that make us doubt that even the existence of God, like these things, God wants us free from them just as bad as we want free from them, if not worse. And so what we're going to talk about today is breaking free. Uh, first and foremost, in breaking free, the thing that you have to do is you have to accept Christ as Lord. I didn't say Savior. I said Lord. Like whenever I was addicted to drugs, like I reached out and I cried out all the time, God, save me. The one thing that I never did was say, God, lead me. Never once. Like I, I always believed in God, but, but there was a chasm. It was like just the furthest thing for me to figure out the difference between loving God or not loving God, but believing in God versus submitting to him and saying, not my will, but yours be done. And the difference is lordship. Like we have to ask God to be Lord of our lives. We have to believe that everything that he told us in the word is true and that it's for our benefit, that it's for our good, like that he's not withholding stuff from us. Like the reason that he puts these regulations or these rules or these, these things in scripture is to keep us in between the lines, is to keep us in bounds, is to keep us actually from harming ourselves. You see, I prayed for God to save me, but it wasn't until that I was in handcuffs that I said, Lord, lead me. Like, I realized that I needed a Savior. Like, I, I, I needed a Savior, but I needed a Lord. Like, I needed someone to control my life other than me. Like, I wasn't good at it. Like, I drove in the ditch every single time. Like, I was not good at leading me. I needed a God that was not myself. I needed the Lord in my life. You see, the information that I lacked was that we're always going to be a slave to something. Scripture says it. It says in Romans 6, verses 16 and 18, it says, Don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? It says, now you're free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. We're gonna be a slave to something. We're either gonna be a slave to sin or we're gonna be a slave to righteousness. Where people get frustrated so many times is that they try to ride the fence. They try to do the bare minimum. 
They, they don't want to go all in for Christ. Like they, they, they just want to, they want God to remove some defects from their life. Like they want God to help them in their marriage. They want God to help them in their job. But what they don't want to do is they don't want to sell out and say, I'm a slave to you, Lord. Like I will follow you at all costs. I want to be completely righteous. Like I want holiness to be what I strive for. That's where we fall short, guys. Like it's where I fell short in my life. I've still got things that I'm working with on a daily basis. But one thing that I can promise you is that holiness is the goal. It's tough. It's not, it's not easy. Like, it's a process. Like, it's not the easiest thing in the world. It's not like a radical deliverance. You're like, all right, cool, heavenly body. You know what I mean? Like, now you're like Jesus. No, it's actually very difficult at times. But what we have to do is we have to eliminate the lie from the enemy that God is holding us back. Like, that was the same thing whenever Eve, whenever sin comes into the earth. Uh, that, that's what Eve uh, happened. It says, the serpent said, For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, Eve thought there was something better than God's plan. That was the lie that the enemy used. And I think that's why a lot of us keep these habitual sins in our life. It's because we feel like that there's something better than God has for us. We feel like we know better than God. But uh, just like Eve, uh, we, we get deceived in a lot of things. Uh, I, th I think about, you know, premarital sex, you know. Well, one of the things we want to do is we want to try it before we buy it, you know. Amen. Lord's just trying to keep me from having fun. I, I just want to test drive, you know. I, I don't want to, you know, make the full commitment. I just want to, you know, just dabble a little bit, you know. Well, here's the thing. Like, if you look at how God designed marriage and you look at all the heartache and the things that come from having sex outside of marriage and how what it comes from just shacking up and cohabitating, like, I, I'm not condemning anyone at all. I'm just saying that if we want to really, truly follow what God has for us and we want to, you know, go through God's plan for our life, it includes the ruthless elimination of sin. Like, I mean, these are just things that, that are textbook. I mean, think about people pleasing. You know, some of us, we, we get super lonely uh, and we'll just hang out with anybody, like, like whether they're bad for us or not. Like, we'll do whatever we want. Uh, whenever somebody comes at us and they, they uh, you know, they, they have these problems or these issues uh, and we're willing to bend or conform whatever type of moral character or fabric that we originally had uh, just to appease them or to please them. And the problem is I think a lot of that has actually made its way into the church. Like sometimes I think that we're too sensitive to, to so many needs out there that we should just blatantly call sin, uh, but, but yet we try to bend and manipulate in order to include everyone when in all reality, man, I read through the gospel and God, he takes sin super seriously uh, and he doesn't sugarcoat it at all. Uh, he, he calls people out over and over and over. He calls them to a better life, but then tells them to now go and sin no more. Uh, this is a process. I mean, it's something that we all enter into, and I'm not preaching up here like I'm sinless, but what I am preaching up here doing is saying that we all have to make the choice to whether we're going to be a slave for sin or whether we want to be a slave for righteousness, and it's which direction are we moving in. But to break free, we got to believe that holiness really will make us happier than sin. Like, we have to believe it, like in all of our heart. Like, we might not see the fruit of it instantaneously or immediately, but we do have to believe that God honors this and that if we search after holiness, that it will be better than the sin that we live in. We have to change our focus. Uh, we have to change our focus from living in the world to, to living for Christ. Uh, second thing, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to transform us. You see, one of the best news verses in the Bible, other than the actual gospel of Christ, is, uh, is Philippians 2.13. It says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Man, that's good news. Uh, because me, I do not have the desire to do right at all. I don't have the desire to do what pleases God. But somewhere along the way, I invited the Lord into my life, and, and he started changing it. 
started changing it to where that, that I wanted to seek after righteousness. Like what, what you guys, you're looking at me up here right now, but what you don't see is you don't see a guy that had a needle hanging out of his arm for 15 years uh, who got incarcerated for manufacturing just about every chemical known to man uh, and counterfeit currency. And I'd lived a year uh, in, a, in a single wide trailer in the country manufacturing drugs. And when the cops arrested me, uh, I hadn't bathed in seven days and was wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> Like, like the irony of all that, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and, and you, you guys don't see that. And, and the, the product of that is that it's a radical transformation that, that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, has led. And uh, Scripture talks about a renewal of the mind. It says, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. It's a renewal. It's a daily process. It doesn't happen overnight. It, it, it takes time. Some people, they get, uh, they get frustrated and they just want to bow out and they just want to be done with it uh, because it doesn't happen in the amount of time that they think it should. But here's what I'm telling you. We have a saying at M18, and it's do not leave before you get your miracle. Like we've watched it happen time and time again. People have come in and, uh, and they've just, they've said, I don't feel it. I don't, I'm not getting it. Like, I don't understand. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like as if overnight, God changes them. It, it, it's, it's crazy how that this happens, but don't leave before your miracle because it doesn't happen overnight until it does. <laughs> And then there you go. Uh, in, in Corinthians 10, 5, it says, we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Uh, we have to take the thoughts in our head captive. We have to think about the things that we're thinking about. Uh, the Holy Spirit, he'll do so much in your life. He's your inner voice. He guides you into all truth. Uh, one of the things that is the most effective is to allow the Holy Spirit into your life, but then it's to read the word of God, like to allow the spirit of God to transform you by reading the word, and then your mind will become renewed. I promise you, the Holy Spirit is changing you. Uh, the third thing in breaking free is uh, don't underestimate the practical. <laughs> like sometimes we want this big spiritual movement. Like we, we, want, we want the Red Seas to be parted so that we can walk through on dry ground. Uh, but I'm saying like don't underestimate the practical. There's some sin struggles that we have in our life that can be almost eliminated by proximity or severing in relationships. Uh, there, there's so many things that we do that we want just this radical miracle, but there's so many things that are practical. And I mean, just for instance, uh, just if, if where, ask yourself some questions, like where are you most likely to sin or to commit whatever sin it is? And you know, if, if you have a problem watching pornography, just stop bringing the phone to the bathroom, you know? Like, I mean, there are some really simple tricks and tactics that are almost geographical. If, if every weekend you go out with your cousin, you end up smoking crack cocaine behind a dumpster, uh, Man, your, your cousin might not be the best person for you to kick it with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of us have these uh, relationships in our life uh, that we've fostered and that we nourish whenever we know that they're leading us in the wrong direction, uh, but they lead us into these habitual sins. Um, also ask, uh, what, what are things that trigger you? Uh, like, what are the things that you know without a shadow of a doubt are going to cause you to, to go into these sinful situations? Uh, but these are just practical things. I mean, if, you, if every time you scroll, scroll through Instagram, uh, you're, you're constantly worried about the way that you look, and now you're, you, know, you go straight from Instagram to looking at plastic surgery or like weight loss tricks and tips and tactics, and you know, now you're looking at vacations, and now you're trying to book a VRBO, and you don't even know like, if you can afford it uh, just because you want the North Face family pick on the Alps or you know, what, whatever's happening. Like, no these things about yourself uh, and, and just prevent them because it's exponentially easier uh, to just not fall into temptation to begin with whenever you're not even tempted. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with the schemes. 
So if we know the schemes of the enemy, then we've got to be up to date on that and how that we can put it to practice in our life. Uh, there's an author, his name's James Clear. Uh, he wrote a book called Atomic Habits. Uh, and it says, when scientists analyze people who appear to have tremendous self-control, it turns out those individuals aren't all that different from those who are struggling. It says, instead, disciplined people are better at structuring their lives in a way that does not require heroic willpower. In other words, they spend less time in tempting situations. The people with the best self-control are typically the ones who need to use it the least. There's so much we can do that we can structure our lives in a way that will help us to live upright lives. Uh, the fourth thing that if you guys are struggling with habitual sin, reach out for help. Like this is a team sport. Like that's one of the, the coolest things about being a part of a church or being a part of a body of believers is I promise you there's people out here that, that can help you through the things that you're going through. Not just that, but it's accountability. Uh, Ashley and I had the craziest uh, beginning of the year. We were, uh, we, we pretty much did the Heisman on 2020. Like we got out of it. Uh, it, it was legit. We, uh, we, we were unscathed. Like everything was great. We was like, man, I feel sorry for people that, you know, had bad things happen. Just wasn't us. Uh, and then 2021 hit. Uh, so 2021 started off with uh, the entire camp of M18 getting COVID, um, but not simultaneously. Uh, everyone got COVID one person at a time. And uh, you want to talk about being something that's annoying, uh, let, let an entire ministry go through COVID. I, I mean, we, we were quarantined, no childcare. Like, I mean, it was just insane. Like, we, weren't allowed, we were like in a leper colony, uh, but we, we, had, we had like plastic like taped up and like, None of our efforts were good enough. We would be horrible at uh, zombie apocalyptic stuff. But uh, nevertheless, I ended up in the hospital. Um, and it was crazy because there I am in the ER and I'm, you know, thinking about who's going to raise my kids. Like, is my wife going to remarry? Like, should I start calling people right now? Like, do I need like an approved list or like, you know what I mean? Because I mean, actively, I, I feel like I should have some say so and who's going to raise my kids. So I might as well get the ball rolling. And uh, so we, uh, we, we, I had COVID and as I was laying there in the, uh, in the, in the ICU or not the ICU, but in the, uh, in the COVID unit, uh, the doctor reveals to me that I have diabetes. And, um, and I was like, no, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, and he, uh, he, he, he said, um, he said, what? I said, I don't receive that. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you know anything about my faith, but I'm just not going to let, I'm not going to wear that. And, uh, and he said, well, he said, okay, here's the deal. He said, if you'll lose 50 pounds, um, he said, then the effects will probably be uh, reversed. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll receive that. Uh, and so anyway, we uh, go back to the house and, um, and we tried, tried to continue to recover. Um, but then something really crazy happened. My wife had our baby um, in our apartment. And, and I'm not talking about like on purpose, not like this whole beautiful doula situation. Like I'm talking about like, like that we, we, were, we were counseling actually, as, as funny as that sounds. And uh, then my wife later that night was like, call the ambulance. She's like, never mind, I'm not gonna make it. Like, let's just get here. And then she has the baby. Uh, so nothing is crazier than walking in a bathroom and your wife holding your, your daughter. You know, it's a pretty helpless feeling. But in that, we actually did get a new life first. And it's uh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So uh, yeah, uh, my wife's a champ, man. Like, uh, can, we, can we give it up? Yeah, y'all can clap for that because uh, she's a champion. But I knew that I had to lose weight. And uh, I had, uh, I'd got down to about 220 pounds when I first met my wife. Uh, and then that was the day I started gaining. Uh, I no longer had to be thin. Uh, I was gonna be fat and happy. Uh, so I shot up to about 307 uh, over the span of time in our life. And uh, 
I was, my target was 250, and so I reached out for help. Um, I, I reached out to our pastors, our lead exec team, and uh, they, they put me on an accountability text, and so every single night I would send a picture of my weight to them, uh, and our entire family changed their diet. I ended up losing like 55 pounds. I actually lost like 37, uh, and I lost my target goal in 100 days. I mean, 50 pounds in 100 days, uh, and, and I don't think that I would have done it uh, if I wouldn't have had accountability. Like, I was sending my weight every night, and so it kept me from eating things that I shouldn't have eaten um, in the same way that I'm a pastor and I'm a recovery minister, and so it keeps me from drinking things I shouldn't drink, smoking things I shouldn't smoke, watching things that I shouldn't watch, uh, because I know that people are dependent upon me. And so that leads me to my next thing. Uh, if you've got freedom, help others break free. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, I am absolutely positive uh, that I probably would have relapsed by now if I was not, A, with my wife, uh, we, we had different drug choices. Hers was opiates, uh, mine would be alcohol. I say would be because meth was the one that got me to where I was, but if I ever struggled with anything again, it would be alcohol, and uh, she hates alcohol. But it, it's what we do. It's being able to help other people overcome drugs and alcohol. It's being able to, to attest to the power of Christ that you can be radically delivered from something that had you set captive. And, and I say that because I think there's a lot of people that they receive that freedom and then they set on it and they never do anything with it. Uh, when in all reality, there's big things that have happened in your life and you need to be there for someone who's going through the same thing that God delivered you from. That's the circle of life. Like it's what we're called to do. We're called to make disciples. We're called to love one another. We're called to bear one another's burdens. In uh, Galatians 5.13, it says, for you have been called to live in freedom. It says, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. It says, instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. There are so many hurting people out there. God wants to restore you. He wants to heal you. He wants you to break free from that sin. But whenever you break free from it, he wants you to lead other people into freedom. I promise, if you wanna keep your freedom, it's what you're gonna do with it. Like, what would the world be like if we believe that God was still in the business of performing miracles? Like, what would it be like? Like, think about it. Like, like what, what would you be like? Like, how different would you be if you thought God could heal? Like, if you thought he was healing marriages, like, you thought he could deliver people from addiction, like, if you thought he could physically heal someone, like, how different would you be? Like, what if you, I'll take it back a step, a little less radical even, what if you thought God could save your neighbor? Like, what if you thought that people that you share the gospel with would come to know Christ and that they could be saved as well? Like, like what would your interaction be like at the, with the cashier at Edwards? Or what would your interaction be like down there at the Easy Mart with the guy that was taking the money? At the pay? I mean, what, what would you do? Like, what would, your, what would your conversations be like with the people that you meet on the street? Like, if you legitimately thought that God could save them, would it be different? Look, we, we were in Jackson, Mississippi, and we were driving through, and uh, I was sitting there, and Ashley, uh, we saw a guy, a homeless man that was about to approach her, and uh, he didn't quite get to her, but I saw him coming to me, and man, I dismissed this dude like a telemarketer. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't want none, you know what I mean? Like, none at all, and, and the reason being is I've become calloused in a lot of ways to it because we live two blocks that way, and we have a patio that is right by a bus stop. 
And so you can only imagine the amount of times that my family has been interrupted, bombarded, conversated with people that are on the street. But God dealt with me in a different way than it than usually does. And, and I had a feeling in my spirit that was like, you think you're too good to help somebody? I was like, all right, God. I was like, let's, let's do this. You know, I'm going to share the gospel with him. And so I got out and uh, I was like, hey, man, what's up? Where are you from? And, uh, and, and it turned out that it really didn't go that well. <laughs> like uh, there was a lot of mental illness involved. Uh, and then I got back in the car. I was like, all right, there you go, God, whatever. One for you, you know, uh, you know, re, 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 reconfirmed what it was that I already knew. And, uh, and then God, he convicted me again, as he always does. And he's like, I, I didn't call you to to make a difference in his life. I called you to be obedient to what I told you to do. Uh, and, and so like, I think that whenever we go out and we break free from these chains and we break these sins and the stuff in our life, like sometimes we'll have a couple bad experiences with people that just kind of put us off. But I'm just here to tell you, keep trying. Like God provides the growth. We're called to plant, we're called to water. Like what if God knew that he could trust you and that he could send people your way? Because I'm telling you, if you will continually spread the gospel, eventually you'll see the results that you're looking for and you'll get to see people come to know freedom. Uh, but whatever you do with your freedom, that's gonna determine whether or not that you actually get to keep it. I've learned that to be true in my own life. But I wanna pray for you guys. So if you could just bow your heads. Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. Just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.